You're listening to The Heart of It Podcast. My name is Sam Smeltzer, and I'm an HR intuitive and healer. In this podcast, we'll chat about what the industry of human resources can make possible for people and our organizations. In each episode, we'll have raw conversation around inner development and organizational culture change to create a working world where both people and organizations thrive. Thank you for listening. Now let's get this episode started. And thank you so much for joining uh, us for this episode of the Heart of It podcast. I'm so grateful that you took time out of your busy day to take a listen. And I'm really, really pumped to share our guest with you today. It has been long overdue. Uh, This gentleman has probably should have been on two or three years ago, uh, just because he's been so instrumental in my life in so many different ways. whether that's just keeping me going, being an inspiration from far away, or even at one point when I was building a team, he came in and to help me figure out how to build a team that's never sold before. Um, and I'm just so, so, so grateful for him. So much so that I feel like I'm doing another episode of the Grateful Showcase because he probably should have been on that a long time ago as well. But without further ado, let me introduce you to Mr. Justin Leader. Justin, do you want to say hello to the listeners? Maybe tell them a little bit about what you do. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hello, everybody. It's an honor to be on the podcast. As Sam said, um, you know, we've worked in and around each other for a number of years, and she's somebody that I cherish both personally and professionally. Um, for me, first and foremost, I'm, I'm a dad, and I'm a husband, and then I'm a business owner, and I'm a relationship builder. And for me, I love what I do. I love making friends, and I love doing good work for good people. And in return, I've been I've been very blessed. But uh, especially with uh, the the times as they are now, um, I embrace my my friends more than ever, and uh, these cherished moments that we have with our family. So, Sam, it's it's fantastic to be here. Thank you, Justin. And um, and that was like the perfect intro for what we're going to be talking about today because we're talking about relationships. Um, Justin's probably someone that I would call a relationship mastermind uh, without even knowing it. Uh, he's very intuitive at it, but is uh, he's one of the few people I know in the world that sustains and maintains a massive amount of relationships. And no matter who you know that knows Justin, they all will speak of him in a favorable light, just like I did. And they feel like Justin will carve out little moments of his world just for you. And you think, how in the world does he do this? Because there's so many people who call him and talk to him and know him. Uh, and also, he's always able to think about you um, when those perfect moments or opportunities are there. Once again, you're wondering, how in the world does he think of me when he's got this huge bucket of people that he can pull from? And so it's really masterful looking at it from the outside as someone, as a business owner, as an HR professional you know, the whole art of networking, which is very stressful for me because I'm an introvert and I have to work very hard at it, building relationships I can do in an intimate setting. But Justin can almost mimic that intimate setting in a large scale room. And it's just, it's fascinating to me. So um, today I've brought Justin on, no pressure, Justin, but to help us 
gain a little bit of that secret sauce that you have, the secrets of how do you do this? Um, because relationships are key. We've had podcasts uh, guests come on recent, recently talking about diversity work and how truly they believe the solution to that is in the relationships that we build going forward. And, and um, so this is, this is like, this is key to everything. Um, and so one of the things that, you know, initially I wanted to bring you on and just talk about relationships, but then we had a pandemic uh, yeah. <laughs> that changed the entire landscape of networking and building relationships. So I was working so hard and building those tools and then they were like taken away from me and I'm trapped in my house yeah. in my sweatpants yeah. and going on Zoom calls or scheduling Zoom calls or Zoom happy hours or whatever all these things were. Um, but one of the things is that I saw you still maintaining those relationships. I saw that happening routinely through social media and you did it in, once again, a masterful way. It's just like, and I know that you don't have all this like embedded strategy when you post something. It's yeah. not like here it is. You don't have like some secret map in your office that you're dotting all these, you know, for it's part of this big master plan, but you just are able to do that. So I want to talk about that today. But before we get there, let's talk about why relationships are so important to you. Why is that so strongly embedded in you? Why is that at your core? We've heard it in your intro. What, tell us about that. Why, why is that so embedded in who you are as a person? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, and I don't think that there's a right or wrong answer for, for anybody out there that's looking to, to hone the skill of relationship building. For me, I think it comes from a deep-seated place, and not to get you know down to the nitty-gritty core, but um, you take a look at like my upbringing. I had a non-traditional upbringing, right? I was raised by my grandfather, my great-grandmother. Uh, you know, came from a, a broken home, but didn't didn't not have love, but you know, I was by myself with senior citizens for a large majority of the time. So. When I had the ability to go out and start making friends, um, that was important to me. You know, I think it's natural that we all want folks to like us, right? Um, for me as well, and I've written about this before, you know, it's about um, sincere relationships. So for, for me, being on the defense as even a kid, you know, I had to identify relatively quickly what somebody's intents were, uh, what, what their intentions were. So... Um, you know, were they friend or foe, so on and so forth. But what I found was in letting people in and understanding who I was to the core and how vulnerable I am, it allowed me to see the vulnerability in the folks that I interact with as well. And, and I think that there's no easier way to get to the core of what makes a person tick than to be a little bit vulnerable or self-deprecating yourself. So, so for me, it naturally... Um, is built within me that not only do I want to get to know people and who they are and what makes them tick, um, not from a standpoint of, of, of trying to take advantage of them or, or trying to get something out of them. Generally speaking, I, I, I follow that Go-Giver. If you've ever read that book, that's a fantastic book, The Go-Giver. Um, I want to give something back to them. And there may be a time that we can do something together, whether it be professionally, but it, it, at the end of the day, in trying to, and I'll use another uh, term um, uh, coming from a blog that I wrote once regarding connecting the dots, 
um, perhaps I can help them or somebody else in my network who needs help. They have the solution for them. So almost subconsciously, I, I don't know if this is the best example, but I have a Rolodex of who people are, what they want to essentially do for the world or give back to the world or what they do as a professional or personally what their interests are. And then I, I match make between others in and around the community. But by virtue of what I do professionally, I'm a problem solver. So for me, if you have an, an issue in a certain area um, uh, that I can serve and assist with, by all means, I'm going to do that. But it's not my first intent or my goal when I meet somebody to think what can, you know, what, what can they perhaps give to me to fulfill my need of, of problem solving, but more so how can I help them genuinely and sincerely. And I think that sincerity uh, goes a long way in a world where there's a lot of insincere people. Yeah. I, uh, I um, appreciate you saying that, you know, um, Justin and, I have a mutual connection from long ago, which is my husband and uh, Justin and my husband are both very good at what they do and they are uh, master networkers, but they have different approaches. And I should be careful how I say this because I'm not trying to say my husband's insincere. Um, but when I started my <laughs> he's business, not. he's not, he's not, he's a good guy. I, I love Josh. He is not insincere. But when I started my business, his whole thing and Justin, you've said this to me before, but you know, it's all a numbers game. You gotta, uh, you gotta keep going out there to get the yeses. Um, and his focus was always on that. Like you just got to keep charging in. And for me, that was really hard to understand. How do I charge in? Because I'm not someone that goes in and just to pitch something. It just didn't feel good to me. Um, and, um, I think your approach in talking about going in there with that sincerity and not really expecting something in return, it naturally kind of starts to build this momentum that results in opportunities for business from a sales aspect. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that I've struggled with is with people who aren't in sales, especially in my organization, which this is the way that we don't sell. We go and help and do our mission. And then those opportunities present themselves inevitably um, but it's hard for them to not see it as a traditional kind of sales track transaction that I'm supposed to go to a networking event and sell them something rather than building these relationships that in turn go and turn into places. And I love that that's, that's where you go in that simplistic fashion is that that sincerity. Well, and I look at it this way too, because I've worked in, in sales my whole life at this point. I mean, um, in some way, shape or or form from my undergrad into college, uh, my master's, and then post-college, I've worked in some sort of sales role. So I've had those people that have hammered it into me that, um, yes, you have, to, you have to ask for a close or ask for the business, but I've also come to realize that if you're in this for the long term, you can't focus on a transaction. You have to focus on a long-term relationship built on honesty, trust, communication. And I don't care if that's personal or professional. That foundation of relationship is synonymous in both worlds. So I, I, I would have to concur that, yes, it is a law of large numbers because we have bills to pay. But if your sole intent is going out to say, I'm going to close a deal and sell somebody, then I think that you're not looking at it from a long-term play. 
So if I go out to a networking event, and I went out to one last week that was um, very odd to be out in the community right now, especially in the time of Corona. But there's people that you may, you know, maybe I've known for three months, or I've known for you know six or, or ten years, and it's revisiting that connection on why you know one another, or remembering what is important to them. And so often I think we get tripped up because we're thinking about your wants and needs. It's very, very challenging to, to think about from the other person's perspective, what's going on in their life, especially now you want to think about commonalities. Think about, you know, kids going back to school right now. Are you working from home? Um, you know, what are you doing to occupy your time in this very strange world that we're, we're living in and finding that, that connection between them, um, between them and you, I should say. So that leads me into the next area that I kind of want to touch on with you is, is the time of Corona, the, the pandemic. So, you know, people work really hard to try to build momentum and building relationships for their business or even personally. Then we got hit with this pandemic that did a stay at home mandate. Um, and for the first time, probably ever um, since maybe what the Spanish flu, the world kind of stopped uh, except for a very specialized group of people that were serving on the front line um, and their world was rocked in a different way. But um, people were given the opportunity um, to just be at home and to have to deal with solitude, which caused all kinds of reactions. But what I found is that people turned inward and as a result, they cut out a lot of the outside world and um, as a result, did not think about what that might do to the momentum of their businesses or relationships. Like it's almost like they let go of that relationship maintenance, like that should have shut down and paused as well. Um, and I don't know if because of that, that's why your comments and your voice started to show up more like as on my social media feed, but you consistently showed up throughout the stay at home mandate, whether it was professionally or also personally, because you definitely share some incredibly cute pictures of your little one um, and your happy family, which, you know, I think just spreads joy when you, when you share those things. Um, but so tell me, what was your thought process? What did you go through when you experienced this stay-at-home mandate and knew that things were going to shut down and transition? Because you're, you're always actively out connecting with people, and that obviously drastically changed when those requirements were put into place. Well, I think that it was a, sh well, I, I don't think. I know it was an absolute shock for everybody. And we, we entered into this, this fog. And... I think a lot of folks took it as an opportunity to catch their breath and that that's perfectly fine. Um, you know, especially when we become parents and we're juggling multiple responsibilities, it's easy for the days to fly by and you get into this routine of, of work, 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 a little bit of family time, and then um, the weekends fly and, and all that. So I don't, I don't fault anybody for taking a moment to, to, to recenter. And that's different for everybody. For me, I have this natural um, or this want or desire to be connecting with folks in various um, ways, both both in you know in person, but I've also really embraced social media over the years. Back when Facebook was the Facebook, 
and MySpace. And I think that you have an opportunity to build a brand surrounding that, but you also have a, a, a great chance or opportunity to share a little bit about who you are. Not to go back to vulnerability, but you know, for me, as, as, as all this was taking place, my wife and I, we just bought our quote-unquote forever home, right? Our, our, our son was entering out of this tiny infant stage, and oh my God, I get to see him crawl for the first time and babble for the first time and take his first steps and start to eat like real people food. And that brought me so much joy when there was so much death and destruction and everything was politicized and continues to be politicized. So I think it really started um, for me during the pandemic and showing a video of my son bouncing in his bouncer and me dancing with him. I'm not sure if you remember that, Sam, but like it went on to have like 10,000 views or something like that on LinkedIn, which most people would say, oh my God, you're, you're sharing personal stuff on LinkedIn. Yeah, man. There, there, listen, you can only separate personal and professional so much. They're going to spill over at some point. And I'm not saying you got to put everything out there to the world. But for me, I needed to feel that connection with people again because I couldn't go out and sit down at a restaurant or have a drink or go to a networking event or, oh man, like the conferences that I've been involved with over the years. So in doing that, you know, I made it a point to re-engage with folks and pick up the phone or shoot a text or email or call with folks that, frankly, because I was going to all these events, I haven't had time to reconnect with. And I did it in such a fashion that, like, I'm not looking to get anything from you. I just want to see how you're doing. How are you dealing with this? How are you coping with this? Because, man, as a hypochondriac and a guy that deals with anxiety on a daily, like, I was stressed out. And um, I found not, not, I guess that uh, I found peace in connecting with others. Um, and to me, I think that's made all the difference as we continue to work through this and has helped me um, continue to, to, to do great business with individuals and folks that I didn't think that I'd ever end up doing business with, I think recognized um, the humanity of it all. And generally speaking, that want and desire to, to have that connection and that trust with people. Um, and it's a good problem to have. I've been, I've been busier from a business perspective than I've ever been in my career. Um, so, so I'm very blessed. Um, so really, I, 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 like I said, when I started with this, um, you know, I think everybody is dealing with the pandemic um, in different manners. And I think people are scared and I think people are, you know, want to get back out there and spend time, but embrace the tools that you have, embrace zoom, embrace picking up the phone, embrace a text message. Um, you know, today I'm going to spend some time and I have a stack of thank you cards of people that have done some generally sweet and nice things or that have impacted me throughout my life where I'm going to go old school and send out a snail mail. And for me, I, I write like a freaking first grader. Um, it's practically hieroglyphics. So, so uh, you, know, I, you know, God bless them when they receive this card in the mail. But I think generally speaking, people appreciate that type of connection. I would agree with you. It's amazing. I've gotten some snail mail during this time, and it really catches me off guard. I don't know why 
I always think when I get snail mail that like I missed something like because we only <laughs> usually send like birthday cards or I you know um, or invites to something like that's usually what I get in snail mail so um, it was weird getting some letters that were written it was really moving um, and I actually have a similar stack to do thank you cards but one of the things that I love about the thank you cards because you went there naturally is I was going to ask you you know, if somebody really is, because everyone is processing this differently, if I'm afraid, if I'm freaking out, if maybe I'm terrified, I'm going to, you know, small business owners, my business is going to get shut down, um, I'm going to lose my job, maybe I already did and unemployment funds have not come through, and I'm in this kind of state of fear, I'm scared to pick up the phone or text message yeah. and try to engage. You know, the snail mail writing you know, it takes a long time before the response comes back and you have this time to kind of still be inward with your thoughts, which has kind of been the theme of this pandemic. And I think that's, um, and I also love how you demonstrate that sharing on social media doesn't have to be this like deep rooted, like journal entry or blog, which Justin has totally written some amazing blogs out there um, that he routinely shares from like years ago. And they always do really well because I think they just are always so timely um, and they stay current on those topics. But um, you're sharing, a, a, and I do remember the video with you dancing with your little boy and then it was followed by the little boy, uh, you know, Colin being in this bouncer falling asleep after he would like basically bounce himself. Um, and I do remember the weeks going by and that was, you know, adding a little bit of a smile to my face and I also, during the pandemic, remember that there was people who posted things like of their beautiful garden that they were focusing on. And I sent them yep. messages and said, thank you for sharing because you're giving me, you know, you're showing me some beauty during my day. So it, you know, I think, I think you're, you're right on point. And I think we try to make things much more complicated than they need to be sometimes. We, we do. I mean, we live in a society that overanalyzes everything and by all means, I overanalyze and scrutinize and and uh, am just as guilty um, of, of, of many of the imperfections that we have, not only as humans, but also within our culture within the United States. Um, but, you know, I, I think you raise a couple valid points in, um, in your comments there. Uh, going back to those small business owners that are being, um, uh, some of them being devastated right now by the effects of, of Corona. Um, and some people that have put their whole their whole life into building a brand regarding a certain product or service or entity that they're affiliated with. And I wrote a blog here not too long ago. There's no time like the pandemic because you have an opportunity right now to pivot and it's okay. I mean, you can pivot at any time, but what greater opportunity than now to take a look at either your industry or who you are in your persona and recreate it. So for me, I, I pivoted from working, um, you know, solely as an employee with an organization to stepping into my own business and some ventures out there in the community where I recognize there is a, a tremendous opportunity in helping the working poor right now to access better, better health care, right? And, and that's just my script, but it could, your script could be anything. You could reevaluate, you know, how the world perceives you. But what I will say is, the, the number one mistake that I see people making as they pivot is that they lose that sincerity of who they are. And you have to still be yourself. Or if you haven't been yourself for a long time, there's nothing with 
taking a look internally or within your trusted, you know, folks or advisor or your wife or your husband or your, you know, your parents and saying, who am I? And, and, and what brings me joy? And if I'm chasing the almighty dollar and it's not making me happy, stop it. Try to pivot and do something else that brings you that fulfillment. So for me, anything where I'm involved with other folks where I can create some sort of relationship or bond um, has been all the difference, not only for me to develop my career, but it helps fill a void that's really deep seated in my life. And oh, by the way, it just happens to help me pay the bills, which is you know pretty spectacular. It is a wonderful thing when those things converge. <laughs> it is. It is. <clears throat> so you, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you mentioned um, that you last week started to emerge and went out to a networking event, which I'm sure still does not look like the networking events that we know of the past. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we don't even know what normal will be if it will go back to normal before COVID, if we're going to have um, certain new kind of practices put in place on a semi-permanent basis. But as people start to move, cause we are kind of slowly transitioning out of this pandemic for many of us, we're not um, stuck at home per se. Some of us are going out. I know like I've started one-on-one client meetings again um, I'm starting to do some training sessions, which still look nothing like a traditional corporate training session, but we're training and we're in a room together and we're six feet apart and we all got masks on. It's lots of fun. Uh-huh. Um, but what do you, what do you want to say to people as they're coming out and they need to start focus on cultivating those relationships, um, and start getting back to normal? What are some practice, you know, one of the, what are some practical tips or practices that they can start to implement to start building relationships. And then we'll even take it from an extreme. Let's say I like sucked at it before the pandemic and I needed your traditional tips, but now post pandemic, give me some practical tips because I suck at relationship building, but I need them personally and professionally. How can I find friends? How can I find connections? How can I start to build and gain momentum like what you've been experiencing and sharing? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And I think if there's one phrase um, that you have to keep front and center, it's it's give yourself and others grace during this time. As you go out and you meet with people, understand that not everybody's comfortable. Some folks uh, are stuck between a rock and a hard place regarding their business surviving uh, or failing. And in that, we don't know if a handshake's appropriate or an elbow, or an air high five, or a mask, or or uh, no mask, and we're all juggling whether or not um, we have access to childcare, and we're going back to schools for the first time. And my wife is a school teacher; um, she doesn't really get to teach this year in the traditional sense, right? So as you're going out and you're you're talking with people, catch up, ask them how life is going. Um, I'm sure that they're going to ask you the same and talk about some of your similarities. And, you know, if you walk away and you have a new connection or you've been re- able to re-engage with an old connection and you either collect a business card or you get connected on LinkedIn, you know, I, I, would, I would hesitate and just 
hammering that person for the next step in some sort of sales cycle. Think about it as what's the next part of the relationship cycle. Um, it's kind of like dating, right? Um, <laughs> dating's kind of crazy. You go out there and you're like, okay, uh, did I uh, come on too strong? Am I sharing too much? Uh, don't put that much pressure on you. Go into every situation and God bless my wife. My, my wife, Kim, has given me some of the best advice um, uh, in our relationship. She said, you know, in everything that you do, hope for the best, but have zero expectations. So as I go into a relationship or you go into a relationship, you know, hope that there's going to be a positive outcome. Have zero expectations and it takes a little bit of the pressure off. So maybe you like one another. Maybe that person doesn't like you. That's okay. There's plenty of people out there for you to do business with. Um, just like I said, give, give, give yourself and give those people right now some grace. And I think you'll go, that'll go a long way. Um, so you brought up this topic of LinkedIn and connections. Um, and it's been fascinating to watch on LinkedIn because there's all kinds of people who share their opinions on why you should connect, when you connect, what you should say when you connect. Um, recently, uh, I saw someone post, I have to go back and look at who it was. Um, but she made some really great points. She said that basically us moving into a digital age, it's not okay to basically just connect with someone on LinkedIn because you have a mutual connection. So for me to say, hey, we both know Justin, think we should connect. <coughs> she was challenging people to um, be intentional about those connections when reaching out. Um, I know for me, the introvert and me and all the things that I overprocess and analyze and I'm like, great. So if I want to hit the connect button, I now have to figure out something really um, snazzy and catchy to say, you know, um, as to why I want to connect with them when it could be because I want to possibly work with them in the future. Cause you know, we all have those dream clients um, that we're reaching for sometimes yep. where they're the stepping stone to one. Uh, but also knowing as dating, like I, you know, if I was dating, I wouldn't, uh, approach every bachelor and say, Hey, my end goal is, is four kids and a huge house and moving back to California. And I want to be married by, uh, the end of next year. Like that would probably freak them out. <laughs> that's that what I, work for some people, some people right? might be like, okay, let's go. <laughs> uh, it's been a long time since I've dated. So I don't, I, yeah. Me too. Um, so any advice for those people who are embracing LinkedIn more now for trying to create and cultivate these and, you know, they're hitting that button, like what they type in that little box is as if you want to include a message with it. I've seen a lot who are sending sales pitches, which they don't, uh, I don't like that at all. Most of the times I've been starting to ignore those. Um, I don't really ignore the ones that don't have a box and we have a mutual, but yeah, they give you this beautiful box of opportunity and I don't think any of us know what to put in it. <laughs> You know, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I went through this morning, I had 46 requests to connect on LinkedIn over the past two weeks. Right. And 90% of them were sales pitches. And I think I only connected with one because it's somebody that we, I actually had a, a you know conversation with here recently. So what I would say is, is with LinkedIn, it, it's like, I think that there is a protocol that you should follow. That being said, I'm guilty of reaching out to people um, that I generally speaking would love to get connected with because they're a thought leader or 
Um, here's a random one. My son's obsessed with the, the, the YouTube show Blippy. Like I sang in my head, the excavator song for a week and a half. So I saw Blippy on LinkedIn. I'm like, whatever you're doing, man, keep doing it because I'm 37 years old and I can't stop singing your call, your, your song. Um, to me, that was more of just having some fun. There's nothing from a business perspective him and I would probably ever do together unless he needs healthcare benefits. Um, you know, so for the most part, what I do is, is I'll leverage people within my network. And I've seen people really, really good at this saying, I know you're connected to so-and-so I'd love to get to know them. No pressure. Can you make an introduction? I think warm introductions, whether they're via email, via LinkedIn, uh, so on and so forth is always a good avenue to go. But I got to tell you, if I get one more note and I'll, you know, I'll give people grace, right? like I talked about earlier, but one more note saying, Hey, um, I see that you're in the healthcare space. Can I help you dispose of medical waste? That's when I got this past week. Like just read my profile. Like I got nothing to do with medical waste, like nothing, like know your audience. Right. Um, so, you know, that being said, it's just be cognizant and, and, I guess this is something that a lot of people just don't have. And I wrote a blog about it as well. Be a little self-aware of how people might perceive you in certain scenarios and situations. And I don't know that the internet as people are figuring it out, typically have, you know, self-awareness. I mean, that's where you get your Facebook profile picture of that, you know, uh, guy in his mid to late fifties, early sixties, that's like half of his face and it's blurry. And there's like 12 different profile pictures where he's trying to get it not to knock on those types, but we know what, you know, those types exist. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. That would be my advice when it comes to LinkedIn. Well, and I, I, you brought up a great point that people forget that you can do introductions on LinkedIn. Uh, you don't have to go after them directly. You can see that you have a mutual connection. And if you have been building relationships, you ask, and it's not too daunting to ask that person to be able to do intros. And I've done those plenty of times. And usually I will include the message as to whether it's as simple as both of you are good people with good purposes. And I think the two of you could benefit from being connected in some fashion um, is really, it's just, it's a passing of the trust. So I think that's a great way to place it. Well, and think about this too, like say I've had, I've had plenty, plenty of these instances where I've connected with somebody after a business meeting or I've met them at a networking conference or something like that. And I've never done the ask, Hey, can we have a meeting? Hey, can we talk about benefits? Hey, can, you know, I get to know your CFO or something like that. But I recognize that they have a need. Maybe they're hiring. Uh, maybe they're raising money for, um, you know, their kids school play, you know, something like that, or somebody is looking for a job in a certain industry and you connect the dots without any reciprocal ask. And people might think that I'm a, a flake or I'm wasting opportunities if I don't go directly after these people. But what's that say about your credibility when you're able to help people without asking for anything in return? It's big. Yeah. And I think people underestimate that with their credibility. Um, yeah, I just recently had a long conversation with an organization regarding the fact that they plastered their CEO on the face of the whole pandemic management piece. And, and this poor CEO is kind of taking the brunt of 
the animosity and all that negative impact feelings, which she, which rightfully so to a certain point. But I also said, we need to watch the balance and the credibility. It's not just her making these decisions. It's a collaborative environment where there's a whole leadership team and we need to start demonstrating that it's a buy-in from across the board. Um, but I, I, I'm always surprised when we forget so quickly how important credibility is for us in our networks, in our jobs, like without that, no one's going to be able to trust you. No one's going to really, um, so it's, it's huge. Um, and, and we don't, I mean, look at the magnitude of sales posts that you got on LinkedIn, those people with the lack of awareness. And there's been times where I've been courteous because I've been there when I've been trying to get some sort of business because I was starting out and they get like super defensive. Like they want to like push it in my face as to why I need something like, I don't know, like some massive like printing supplies. I don't do anything with printing like, or leadership development programs. We develop leadership development programs. Like that is my business. Like, Uh and they're like, well, but you can't do it all. And I'm like, okay, well then you go after your business. I'll go after my business and I'll keep you on my list of referrals. Like, um, it's just, it's fascinating to me that people don't think about that piece of, of how people are perceiving me. Um, and what does that do from the future? Because all it takes is that one moment for me to be like, oh, that company, well, they had a salesperson that reached out to me and they were really like cranky and I tried to be courteous and it just got really nasty. And that just discounted an entire organization, no matter how large it was. One bad experience can really set you off. You know, I I think that, like I had said, people are under an, uh, an unbelievable amount of pressure, especially right now, but you got to give some grace but I've had those bullheaded people where they just, they don't take no for an answer. And I think that there is a fine line between being professionally persistent and being a pest. (laughs) And nobody likes a pest at the end of the day. Um, So yeah, I, I try to, I try to understand and, and, and be okay with people, but I'm also learning to say no and not accepting a lot of those random requests. Um, you know, just because I have to manage the relationships within my network and I want to have some sort of integrity to that platform, um, similar to Facebook or Instagram or heck, even now TikTok. Um, although I'm not a TikTok dancer, you know, you have to have some sort of you know standard on who you let in and, and don't. Uh, well, you're ahead of me if you're on TikTok. I don't even know what I... I don't even think I would know what to do with that application. So I was till my wife yelled at me and said, that's for teenagers. And she's um, right. <laughs> You're too old for that app. That's what she told you. <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. Well, Justin, I want to thank you so much for taking time today to sit down and chat with me about relationships, about what drives you to put people first. Um, and also just to have an, an opportunity to share you with my listeners, but to say thank you for, being a valued relationship in, in my life. Um, and thank you for being a masterful connector and matchmaker for all these other relationships. Cause uh, Marvin Worthy has been a previous guest on uh, the podcast, I think a couple of times. Uh, and we've done some projects together that a hundred percent. And Marvin and I always say it on the podcast, which is why I said it's been years because pod, he's been on like four years ago. Um, wow. We always say, Justin Leader, which I'm sure will be shared with you at some point. Now, now Justin Leader is being shared. Ah. But Marvin and I do not would have never known each other if you never made that introduction. 
Um, and that was LinkedIn. That was actually a LinkedIn intro that you said. I don't even, I don't even remember making that intro. You totally did. So our yeah. entire oh, friendship oh. and Marvin's a close friend now is 100% because of you. Um, and that's just one example of many that you, um, and even Justin, like Justin has connections where I have closed clients where like we, I've been on that tipping point and they've said, Hey, I met with this, this benefits guy. I think his name was Justin, but he like said you were awesome. And that really kind of, you know, like settled and made the decision solid for us. And so it's just amazing to know like those little chats that you have that whether you have them or anyone has them, um, they really do have an impact and you don't really know um, because we're all these moving kind of circles. So thank you. Hey, no, but, but you're, you're very welcome, but thank you as well. So you provide a tremendous amount of value and insight and you work hard. So that being said, we, we definitely get more from this world by giving back to others. And um, I've been very blessed to get to where I'm at. So if I can give back uh, tenfold at the end of the day, I've, I've lived a pretty good life, right? Um, that's, really, that's really my goal. So that, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Justin. And um, thank you to everyone who took time to listen to this conversation today. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Justin's definitely one of those people when he talks about things, I almost use it as like personal affirmations that I'm on the right track (laughs) in what I'm doing. (laughs) That's one of the guilty things I do with this podcast is I bring people on and I'm like, yeah, I'm doing good. Like it's like, it's like my performance eval with these experts. Um, So thank you so much for listening. Justin, if you ever want to come back, we'll be happy to have you to talk about anything, um, even to talk about healthcare, because I'm sure that that is going to get even more complex as we enter post-pandemic. And and when has it not been complex? I mean, with a presidential election in the works, we only know what's going to happen. We don't know. We have no idea what's going to happen. Obamacare taught us that. We have no idea what's going to happen with our healthcare system. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be. There's simple solutions. It's just we can't see the forest through the trees in a lot of that industry. So, yeah. All right. You have any final words for the listeners? Yeah. You know, I, I really appreciate coming on. I've been looking forward to this and um, trust me, the affirmations work both ways. Uh, if you could see me right now, I, um, I have, I have issues two two issues, receiving gifts and also receiving compliments. So I'm, I'm, my face is red, but you know, for all your listeners that are out there, I'm always available to offer advice. If I don't respond back immediately, I will get back to you and we can spend the time. Um, you know, if you have questions regarding things that are going on in your career or ways that I can help your team reach the maximum potential, um, you know, I'm, I'm here to make myself available. If you're one of these employers that are suffering with the second largest, you know, P&L um, expense that is healthcare and benefits, and you'd like some advice, no pressure. I'm here to help answer any questions uh, between my my teams and I. Um, hopefully, we can provide some direction to improve accessibility and affordability, both for you as well as your your employees. So, thanks, Sam, for the time today. I, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. So that's it for us in this episode. I will talk to all of you next week on our next episode of the Heart of It podcast. As a go-giver, Justin is always available to offer advice as well as connect the dots for anyone looking to grow within their career or assist their team in reaching their maximum potential. For those involved with employer-sponsored healthcare plans, Benefit DNA Solutions 
consists of building transparent, value-based plans. He and his team are experts at reducing expenses, both for the employer, as well as improving accessibility and affordability for the employee. If you are also struggling to find a healthcare plan for the part-time gig worker, freelancers, and low-income employees, Highlight Health is a national solution providing healthcare to those earning under 400% of the federal poverty level.